What's that on up a yonder? Why, it looks like two hillbillies talking about mini trucks to me. <laughs> Y'all are fixing to listen to the voice of the lowlights, gather around, and revel in the good word of the lowest common denominator podcast. Greetings from the hills and hollers of eastern Kentucky. We are your voice of the lowlife. We put the cult in mini trucking culture. Love cults. We are the Lowest Common Denominator Podcast. I'm your host, LMC, and this is my co-host, Shay Mullins. Oh. You know, I still don't know what the hell that is, Shay. I don't know what the <laughs> hell that is. So for the first time ever, we actually have a special guest today. I'm really excited for it, man. I'm really excited for it, too. We are joined in studio with Dr. Byron Thomas. Dr. Byron Thomas is an internist at Mountain Comprehensive Health Corporation, and we asked him to join us today, and he was gracious enough to give us a little time to share some real answers with everybody. And I know what you guys are wondering. Is this, this is about the corona? The corona. How's it pronounced? Corona. Corona, like, like the beer? The, I guess like the beer, oh. which I wouldn't know. Again, straight edge guy. Well, you should know this so you know to make fun of people. Well, it's you know, I do. important. I do. And prudent. Booze is for losers, guys. <laughs> Booze is for losers. Don't listen to him. Listen to every word. <laughs> Let me preach the straight edge lifestyle to you, Shay, uh, my agnostic friend. <laughs> okay. So anyway, once again, we are joined, and we're getting some weird looks already. And he's going to answer questions that all mini truckers and all show promoters really need to hear, if nothing else. I think that's kind of a fair way to say it because we may not like these answers. However, there's a lot of misinformation out online on Facebook and all these things. Uh, and Facebook. Facebook. Fake news. Fake news. And in all sincerity, this is the opportunity to really get an expert to weigh in, be completely objective about it, and it's kind of the end-all, be-all as far as giving us some straight information. Well, right now, it's it's totally littered with all kinds of different things that people are saying. Some people aren't worried. Some people are. Today, we're going to find out if we should be. So let me build Doc up here for a minute. I've known Dr. Byron Thomas for, gosh, more than half of my life now. And in fact, once upon a time, I used to warm the bench for him when we were in grade school and high school and playing basketball. He was the first person I ever seen throw down a two-handed dunk. Uh, so yeah, for real. He's, he's a pretty rad cat. Dr. Thomas, thank you so much for being in today, man. Thank you, Lee, for having me. Uh, what a buildup. Uh, I think that came my freshman year. Uh, could have been eighth grade. Nope, nope. I remember, I remember it was you in eighth grade, man. I was in sixth or seventh, and I believe uh, you were in eighth. Yeah. And, uh, and it was you and Heath. And there was only yeah. two that could do it. Uh, oh, I remember it plain as day, man. Stellar height of five foot nine, by the way. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah I got you. And me being six foot two, <laughs> that's not really, I never could do that. But, but anyway, again, we're so appreciative to have your time here today. I'll try and get right to the point. I know your time is very valuable. Got a couple of quick questions for you, and these are questions that are on people's minds. Of course, everybody knows what's going on right now in the world. You have the coronavirus or the COVID-19 virus that has become completely decimating to the public perception, if you will. Um, I work in healthcare, uh, not at the level he does, of course, but I'm an ancillary person in healthcare, and I get to see it from several different perspectives. Uh, and right now, it's kind of a widespread panic. So because of that, there are a lot of people that have a lot of questions. And again, you've, you're nice enough to spend a couple minutes with us today to kind of answer those and either to put people's mind at ease or to make them realize they really do need to be more aware. Yeah, uh, serious situation that's going on right now over the last couple months. You know, started out as an epidemic in, in China, uh, which has grown to a, a worldwide pandemic. Let me ask you a stupid question. What is the difference between an epidemic and a pandemic from a layman's terms, if you Well, will? epidemic, you know, is, is usually regional. So for instance, say we had an epidemic in Whitesburg, 
alone. So flu, for instance, spreads throughout the, uh, the community, spreads through the, the, the following states. When you get to a wider perspective, so say that flu or what we're experiencing right now is the COVID-19 spreads to other states, other countries, worldwide, it becomes a pandemic. So, well, if much greater else, scale. It sounds a lot scarier, too. It makes a better yeah. movie title. <laughs> it does, uh, absolutely. And, you know, in all sincerity, I, I make a lot of that, and I think at a time like this, you have to have at least a moment of levity. Of course, it's nothing to take lightly when it comes right down to it. You know, this is a mini-trucker-based podcast, so what we do is we travel all across the country, and show season is starting. It starts really in April. We travel all across the country to show our vehicles off and meet with people that we've not seen in a long time. That's kind of the point of shows. It's a massive social gathering more than anything else. It's a chance to get to see people you've not seen all winter or for even longer, discuss projects, go out and eat, hang out. And, and you know, not me, straight edge guy, but you know, a lot of people get together and drink and, and inebriate themselves and various other methods. And all of those things, you know, that's kind of a, a pretty rough area. And, and the first question, and a lot of people have asked me to ask this, is just your overall thoughts on an event like this. You know, I used to put on a pretty large truck show here in Whitesburg, Kentucky, and, and I believe you've seen it a couple times, so you have an understanding. The density of that crowd or the demographic of that crowd and again it is mostly younger to middle-aged people they're usually handled in warmer weather but specifically just as a generic overview what is your thoughts on an open air event like this do you think that it is a more communicative environment or do you think that it's a little bit safer i mean how should people perceive this with the viruses is fairly new but but the coronavirus has been around from about the beginning of time you know this is it's not a new virus the virus has mutated to become a more deadly form of the virus. It is spread by air, okay. uh, aerosol communication. So so, so it's, not, speak, it's not just bodily fluid contact. I mean, it's, it's not just bodily fluid contact. So when we cough, we, we dispense a, a spray of moisture that has the droplets. And those droplets can live on a surface of what, what the, the CDC and the World Health Organization is telling us that they're 72 hours that these, these molecules can live on a surface that we know of. It could live longer, could live shorter. I think it de- depends on the temperature uh, of the surface that it's living on and if it's been cleaned recently and things like that. But so, you know, the, the question is, you know, if you have a large gathering, it doesn't matter if it's inside or outside, there could be communication between two people, a lot of handshaking, hugging. Well, a lot of bro <laughs> hugs, yeah. Bro hugs, man hugs, uh, and, and things like that. So, you know, this disease is not to be taken lightly. The media has it portrayed certain ways from from uh, two different party lines uh, a lot of political jargon is being being dispersed on on the the TV but when you look at what the the virus has done thus far so looking at China so when when the first case was presented it had a really high death rate such a dense area of people I, I think that the death occurrence at that rate was at 5.6 percent and as the virus spread throughout China it, it dropped lower than one percent Italy for say uh, had a very difficult time now Italy is kind of behind the curve aren't they they were behind the curve and I think there was there was several mistakes that were taking place there. They didn't They didn't close restaurants, place of business. We had a lot of people in, in, a, in a small area, which, which the disease was spread quite fastly. So, so as, this, as this permutates itself to like a show environment, what is the likelihood that, by the way you described it that quickly, it sounds like any kind of event such as this, as I have in my notes, elbow to asshole, yeah. I probably can't use that anywhere other than this podcast. But as far as that type of event, I mean, it's just kind of a breeding ground almost. It sounds it, like it's about exactly, ground zero. It's, it, you know, you've got to consider this. It's not the flu, but it's spread like the flu. 
So, and that's a common misconception is people yeah. look at this as just another strain of flu. No, yeah. it is not flu. So would you, would you say it's worse? Would you say it's milder? I mean, if you well, had to categorize you know, there, there's been several pandemics over the last several years. I think in 2008, that was the H1N1 pandemic. Yeah. Uh, I think there was in the range, don't quote me on this, but I think it was between 500 and 750,000 people that died worldwide with that virus. The virus today that we have right now, the COVID-19 is not there, but this could potentially be there after what we've seen with Italy. Oh, wow. So what we're you know learning is how to prevent spread, and and uh, sadly part of that is really just staying away from staying people. home exactly. So you know w when this first came out, I don't know if you remember the statistic. It said no gathering greater than 500, moved to 250, then 50. Right. And now what? 10? The world. It's 10. The World Health Organization is, is illustrating no more than 10 on a gathering. So, um, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a business media. That's a small business media. Exactly. I, I've been in yeah. meetings all day to prepare for this. And again, from an ancillary position, uh, but to facilitate actually our patients being able to, to telecommute in, you know, to telemedicine in and actually see a provider that way within certain circumstances. Uh, you know, and we've been in, I've not been in a gathering today of less than 20 people. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's scary. So we, with your first question yeah, uh, yeah, about absolutely. the gathering, My idea you know, the if, there, if there are more than greater than 10, I would not suggest having these events right now. We have to worry about the elderly. Uh, it affects, uh, the death rate increases with uh, patients that are older than 60. Um, and with multiple medical factors, but you, you want to prevent the spread. So if we have a gathering, one person has COVID-19, 10 could have it the next day, 20, 40, exponentially. So I have to ask, do you prefer Charmin or, or are you more like into Scott? I've, I've read that uh, toilet paper protects me from this. So if I wrap myself up in it and go to the shows, am I safe? The answer would be no. <laughs> oh, so all these people bought toilet paper by mass quantities for no reason? No, I, I think there's a reason. Uh. <laughs> well, what if I drink a monster energy drink before I go? Would the extra energy give me the cowl strength to punch holes in walls? Yeah, I don't <laughs> think I'd advise an energy drink. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> Even though I've had several in my time. But, well, the toilet paper, because internet, I'd be bundled up. It'd make me warmer, so that would stop the spread. Yeah, it could be a great fashion statement as well. Oh, okay, great. Uh, but seriously, though, um, the heat, is it going to be any effect on the virus as far as spread? Because most of these shows take place in the summertime. You know, at this point we're not 100% sure if this thing is going to be seasonal um, so we, we hope it is kind of like the flu you know as warmer weather comes less spread of virus well what about the moisture in the air I know in Kentucky and that's in the mounds we're used to the massive yeah, humidity I, I, I'm not I'm not for sure for that one you may have to ask a meteorologist over there <laughs> We're not all experts in moisture, I totally understand. Okay, so anyway, an obvious question to me, is it something I'm not seeing in mainstream media? Have people actually in the United States recovered from this, where we actually have finite information that, you know, how many people have recovered from it? What is the recovery rate in a normal, you know, just younger middle-aged person? Well, um, middle-aged people that contact the virus, uh, you know, have a better uh, success rate. Um, there, there have been patients that have been released actually from the University of Kentucky this week that oh, wow. had uh, the first cases in the state. Uh, the virus looks like it runs anywhere between 5 and 14 days. 
Uh, you have to have two negative tests before they will re release you from the hospital within 24 hours. So you, have to, you, you test, you wait 24 hours, the second test is negative, then you are cleared for release. But yeah, people are recovering from this virus. The thing about the virus is 81% of the population have very mild symptoms. Some don't even know that they have COVID-19, and this is where the danger is. You can spread this virus very rapidly if you don't know you're sick. So for instance, you go see grandmother that's 80, and you, you, you come in, you feel fine, you have no fever, and you're spraying the virus. This could be deadly to the, the elderly population. So with that in mind, do you have a recommendation as far as what symptoms need to manifest themselves before you think it's not being overly cautious to go in and get tested? If well, that makes any sense. Okay, so yeah, that, that makes plenty of sense. Uh, we have, um, there, there are several factors that come with the, the illness. So if you have dry cough, fever greater than 100.4, and shortness of breath. And shortness of breath is one of the keys here because it will develop a viral pneumonia very rapidly. Up to 24 hours you could have pneumonia from this this virus very rapidly. So the shortness of breath kind of separates us from the rest of the, the illnesses out there kind of with, with, uh, with flu, but you can also develop a viral pneumonia flu, so they're very hard to differentiate. But right now we're, we're looking at three factors. So have you had a fever? Are, do you have a cough? And do you have shortness of breath? And have you been to an area that has been documented to have COVID-19. doesn't have to necessarily be out of the country now. Well, you and I are both sports fans, and we both know that the opening out of the SEC tournament, you know, right there in Nashville on Broadway, there was 50,000 fans there that just immediately turned around and went home, and with a lot of cases in Nashville, and, and I realize a lot of is an arbitrary number, but with more cases in Nashville than really, like, for example, here in Eastern Kentucky, are those people... I mean, is that something that's going to manifest itself at any point? It's not been two weeks yet. Is there a chance that they are carriers and brought it back to maybe the mountains? Absolutely. You know, the, the, the virus on a mean average will show symptoms within four and a half days on most people. So within four and a half days, you may see the symptoms of fever, chills, cough, but it has been linked up to 14 days. So, I mean, if you went on a cruise two weeks ago, you could potentially still have the virus and be spreading the virus. Hence all the quarantines we're seeing, is cruise ships and things of that nature. So is there anything that you can do at a base level to prepare or protect yourself? I mean, do flu masks work? Should you carry a Bath & Body Works uh, hand sanitizer purse with you at all times? What a... Well, social isolation, number one. Distance yourself from other people up to six feet which is the one thing that nobody <laughs> listening to this podcast wants to hear absolutely and everybody that's tuning in is hoping that you'll say oh no everything will be fine but realistically speaking that's that's the best bet and wash your hands right at which, least for 20 seconds yeah with warm water and soap which you know most mini truckers don't do we're kind of a rough crowd i mean <laughs> that's you know, okay. there's welding calluses and pieces of metal stuck in our hand who needs to wash it when you have brillo pads well if you had to leave us with a final recommendation uh something to tell promoters of events this style you know if you're getting if you're a promoter you have the liability of knowing that you're getting ready to bring in thousands of people into an area i mean do you have a parting word to give these guys or gals yeah, I would, I would say stay home, drink, <laughs> unsocially by yourself. You've just uh, made a lot of fans just then. Got rid of several <laughs> fans. But uh, no, you, you, you don't want to have any, any type of organized event at this time. I mean, we are canceling schools all across the state. NBA is canceled, which I can't believe. 
this is the worst March ever. Selfishly, worst March, worst madness March ever. ever. Uh, but I'm going to officially announce Kentucky as national champs. Oh, absolutely. So I've already bracketed that in. <laughs> um, but, you know, the truth is, is right now we have to be very, very smart. This is a very dangerous disease. If we do not quit social gatherings, which is the cause of the spread of the disease, we could end up impacting a large population of this country. So when are we going to go get some ink, man? What's that, brother? When are we going to go get some ink? It's, you're about due. I'm, I'm ready. All right. I'm All ready. Right. Yeah. I'm going to do, do a leg sleeve. <laughs> Kneecap down. There you go. Let's answer the burning question that all of us here at the clinic really want to know. This is something I, that everybody here inside this <laughs> studio is really wondering. Why, in fact, did you shave your handlebar mustache? Well, if, if truth be known... Your wife made you, didn't she? My wife made me do it. I knew it. From a scientific standpoint, COVID-19, men with beards are higher risk of catching the disease. You, you hear that, guys? You have to shave your beards now. You heard it from a doctor. But I promise you, next November, the handlebars are coming back. Dr. Thomas, thank you so much for your time today, man. Just personally and professionally, we can't thank you enough. You know, this has been so valuable to all of our listeners to be able to hear n not BS, not fake news, not a Facebook post, but honest to God, a medical professional that knows what the hell he's talking about. So I can't thank you enough for your time, and this is so greatly appreciated, man. Oh, thank you, guys. I, I had a good time. Well, that was pretty sobering. Yeah, unfortunately it was. Yeah, that's uh, that's not necessarily what anybody that listens to this wants to hear. But, you know, we heard it from an expert. And sometimes it's good to get that type of feedback from somebody that's really in the know. What's your, what's your take on it, man? Man, um, that wasn't fake news. And I know that everybody's listening to this are heartbroken. The idea that all of our shows will be canceled, maybe even the entire season. At this rate, I've seen today that they're talking uh, 18 months is what was circling around in uh, the White House. You know, I was talking to one of the co-promoters for East Tennessee Showdown today, and I told him I thought there was an excellent likelihood that East Tennessee Showdown may be the first show of the year, and that's at the end of June, and even now that seems fragile. Well, hopefully some of the information on heat and stuff like that turns out to be true, and maybe it'll eradicate itself in the summertime. But, I mean, there's no way to know for sure because they don't know. You know, I found it very interesting that Dr. Thomas said this has been around since the beginning of time, and this is just a mutation, if you will. So that's, that's scary, man. This is uncharted waters, and it's so easy for us to say, man, we're going to go ahead and do it anyway, but what are we risking? What are we jeopardizing at that point? Well, you, you end up jeopardizing your showgoers and the people that, you know, everyone suffers from it because even their family will suffer from it. So being the guy who threw a show that's not going to be named, uh, what would you do if this was happening right before your show? show that's not going to be named? I don't know what you're talking about, Shay. I've never put on a show in my life. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Boy, we know what happens when we say that on here. Some people get a little upset. The H word. Yeah, we don't we use can't that say word. the H word. We can't say the H word. Nope. Don't want to come across as toot my own horn. No, in all sincerity. And a lot of you guys may know that about me. But from 2003 to 2000, and I like to say 15, I put on a show in Whitesburg, Kentucky called Heritage, which... Wow. You're not supposed to say that word. Uh, well, I said the H word, you know. I made Clint Perkins happy. Oh, John Brown's probably tickled to death, too. <laughs> <laughs> in all sincerity, I did put on a show for a number of years. And in 2016, we were faced with a situation, while nothing like this 
it was at least something that we had to consider as far as showgoer safety. Uh, 2016, the local grocery store that was beside us that donated part of the parking lot for the show, they went through some major renovations. And of those renovations, they promised me they would be done by June. So I spent the money that I needed to to get everything ready for the show. In fact, we had the greatest artwork that Graphic Disorder ever did for us for that year. And it was such a shame that we didn't get to put it on t-shirts. You know, one day if we ever do LCD podcast t-shirts, we may <laughs> actually steal that artwork back and, and put the new logo on it. Sweet. But, sweet. But in all sincerity... Um, in 2016, there was a construction issue, and we were faced with the decision whether to cancel and lose what I'd already put into it, or go ahead with the event and potentially compromise showgoer safety. And it was a hard decision. When you're put in that position, you have so many people clamoring for you to do it. You know, oh, go ahead. It'll be fine. It'll be great. But logistically speaking, it's not always fine or great. And sometimes show promoters have to make a really hard decision. And in 2016, that's exactly what we did. We pulled the plug on it. Now, looking at shows out right now, I mean, my God, I'm nowhere close to the level of what Maggie Valley is now. And not only in attendance, but money. There's so much money influxed into that at this point. I feel so sorry for the position those guys are in because what do you do? Now, I'm going to tell you right now, and this is not my ideal. This is Chris Wilson's <clears throat> ideal. But he said that if for some reason he is offered a refund on his pre-registration, he will not take it. And I'm saying right now on the record that if offered a refund for the pre-registration, if that is what it comes to, assuming they end up canceling many nights, I won't take it because... The show promoters have put forth so much effort now. I don't know the financial situation of that show, but I'm assuming a lot of that money has to be spent. I'd say it's all most of it tied up by this point. I mean, he's probably already paid for everybody. And some places only give a percentage of your deposit back even. Oh, yeah. I'm sure the fairgrounds there. And, you know, Maggie Valley, that's the biggest event, to the best of my knowledge, of the year. So they're hurting from that potential loss of income. And I don't know what the fairground situation is if they even would give a partial refund. And, God, what do you do at this point? And, you know, I'm hoping that everybody feels the same way that Chris Wilson does because, I mean, once in the grand scale of things, I don't even remember what we paid, $30, $40, something like that. It's worth it to ensure that that show comes back. Yeah, that's what, that's what people don't understand. They're more worried about getting their money back for something they didn't get. But when a show as big as that, we, we hope it's going to stay around. Oh, God, Th yeah. That money will go back into the show, and you want to put a better show. Because shows are ran by money. They're not ran by donations. Well, or the whole it's reason money. you do pre-registration is so you can get some upfront capital that you can work with to make the event better. I never took pre-registration at Heritage, ugh, the H word, because, <sighs> no, I never did, because huh. I wasn't responsible enough to keep up with money. <laughs> I'm not a responsible adult, <laughs> and it was really hard for me to, to even fathom keeping up with that much money, and I have a lot of respect for those that can, but it sure isn't me. <laughs> you know, people have this misconstrued idea that that money needs to come back to them. Whenever, if it doesn't come back to them, they'll end up with, like, 
Maybe this show will even be even larger next year. Maybe we'll have something way greater. To Wait, show. You're, you're saying that what showgoers that have already pre-registered have the the misconstruction that the money is going to come back to them? I, I, I well, that, that. Should that it should come back to them? Oh bullshit! Uh-huh. And let me. I'm very adamant about that. You know, here's the thing: is this is not a cheap hobby. Oh no, and, absolutely and, not. And maybe with the drag and destroy crowd from the you know early 2010s, but they had, they had their place. And, and I'm kind of glad it's over. Uh, but in all sincerity, and this is not me sounding like an elitist dick. Uh, this is not what I mean but at all. But you are. Hush you. Um, and, and I know some people will get pissed at me for saying this, and some people will agree with me wholeheartedly, but this is not a cheap hobby, and you have to be able to some extent to kind of afford to play. You do. You know? And if you can't afford to eat 30 or $40 knowing that that is going to go towards making a amazing show come back next year, then you're in the wrong damn hobby and you can get out of my lifestyle as far as I'm concerned. You all can't see it right now, but his face is red with anger when he said that. He really is passionate about the fact that you all need to understand, or just not even you all, just some people all need to understand that if a show that spent tons of money and has to give all the money back and he can't get it back, he can bankrupt them. And there won't be a show no more. You know, people seem to forget that show promoters are just like all of us. They are. And they're guys or gals that have probably a real full-time job. And there's been exceptions to that. I mean, I know some... Uh, never mind. But anyway, we'll, we'll just leave that. That'll be another Uncle Lee story time around the fire <laughs> episode. But no, in all sincerity, we are just people. Uh, or hell, I can't even say we. I'm not a show promoter anymore. I'm some idiot with a microphone. You, but show promoters are real people with real jobs, real world concerns. And you know, when somebody is responsible for thirty, forty thousand dollars in pre-registrations or whatever, and faces a act of God disaster like this, I mean, we should band together to support them. You know, I don't want to see anybody whining when something like this may get canceled because it's out of their control. You know, this is the saddest 2020 year preview show ever. God, we have went dark and depressing. Well, you know, the thing is, is that um, we have to be honest and truthful. Otherwise, we're fake news. So I have something in mind what to you got? maybe alleviate the stress for just a moment and make everybody happy. Oh, 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 oh. I think it's time for... Is it a random generator? I think it's time for the random club name generator. Yes! What do you think? Do you think that would work for the name? Oh, I think everybody's going to love this. All right, guys. I've got it queued up, and I'm going to hit the button to see what random club name is generated today. Please have obsession in it. Please have obsession in it. The random club name generator thingy for today is... Oh, boy. Oh. Silly crowd. Silly crowd. Really, it really, honest to God, is silly crowd. Oh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fake, fake this. Seriously, with Twisty Boys, I mean, you gotta have silly crowd. To me, Twisty Boys and Silly Crowd are two warring factions, and they are staring at each other across the Big Lots parking lot because they are both talking shit at a show. They are both lit Big Lots drift clubs. Man, that's going to go down. J.D. Unpowered. Hey, man, since we've been so dark on this episode, since we've been so damn depressing, do you want to run it one more time? Oh, man, let's, let's right. give this guy let's another see. one. Let's see. Who's going to run with Silly Crowd? Silly Crowd, this one is... Uh-oh. Uh-oh. 
Demented Society. That's actually kind of weirdly good. It's, it's not bad. It's not yeah, bad. Um, I've, I've, it, what kind of club would that be? Demented Society. Well, I'm going to tell an old story. I think I've told you this story. Me and Larry Epling years ago oh, at a show Larry. at Archer Park in Prestonburg, Kentucky. Now, back then, and we're talking early to mid-2000s. Um, early to mid-2000s, that's when when Epling when Funk actually had uh, the red full size. It was just solid red, but it was hammered. It was like on 22s, maybe. He still has that truck. Was he really? I didn't even know he's still alive. I seen him like a couple years ago. I think he works at uh, UPAC. Does he really? I'm pretty sure well, he does. I think he does some photography stuff, doesn't he? He does. God, that's, I don't, a, that's an old name. I haven't seen him on Facebook in a while. That's an old name I've not thought of in a while. I hope, I hope he's doing awesome. If, if he somehow hears this, my funk, I hope you're doing badass. And our random pickup basketball games in your driveway are some of my best memories ever. Um, anyway, Funk and I are at a show. And I don't remember what I was driving at the time. It was nothing that mattered. I may have had the Sonoma there, uh, the shop killer, when it was just bagged in the front. That's a no, story for another no, day. No, because that would have been 2001. And Okay, so who knows? Something stupid, I'm sure. Something something junk. Uh, maybe. I may have been in my Tacoma. I may have been in the Tacoma just showing off the stereo or something that day. But, anywho, so we're at this show at Archer Park, right? Okay. And, like, the whole time we're there, we're, we're kind of over where Tim Setzer used to always sit there beside the creek. And and we're looking across, and there's, like, this this little group of, of you know, kind of Walmart Mini truckers, and, and, and keep in mind, I don't say this negatively. I, I'm not saying it negatively, but you know, legit, man. I mean, Boss 304s, 2 3 drop, you know, one of them probably had like some sort of like tonneau cover with a Texas tail on it or something. Did it? Did they have any bullet hole stickers? Maybe. God, it seems, but I guarantee you what they did have was some type S floor mats. Red oh, type S floor mats. I remember from bands. those. I remember those. They still make those. Remember, hell, I think I had a set in the Tacoma. <laughs> anyway, if if they do make those, I know somebody's <laughs> buying a set tomorrow. Okay. Anyway, so we're like just like you know, sitting there doing our thing, like you do at a show, and we're looking across the grounds, and there's these kids, and it's so funny because they're like prison yard getting ramped up. I mean, they're like, you know beating their chest and like kind of pushing each other and stuff oh, we're like cavemen we're like what the hell is this is this warriors I mean what's going on here so we're watching and they have an obvious patriarch an obvious leader of that group and he's this little old short fella and he has a sideways hat like I said this is probably about 2005 I'm sick in my stomach 2004 2005 and his sideways hat I remember kind of you know one sock rolled up to one knee and the other one all the way up. <laughs> We just spiked our levels all the hell, man. Okay, okay. Don't don't laugh directly. Don't laugh directly. Oh, I'm not done yet. But like a button up, like way before flannel was cool, like a button up flannel shirt, and it's like July. Does he throw showed his chest hair off too? Uh, no, this kid didn't have any chest hair, man. I mean, he's like, yeah, he didn't have any chest hair. I'm pretty sure that he had a blue bandana under the sideways hat. And no, I'm being legit. I'm, well, I remember when we were kind of watching them, you know, just get themselves all riled up. Was his name like, Axel Rose? What? Was he named Axel Rose? No, he was kind of chuffy. Oh. I'm going somewhere with this. This isn't my EDD for once. Okay. So anyway, we're kind of watching these kids get just like all antsy and ramped up and just like, you know, starting to, yeah, yeah. And, well, anyway, 
this kid that was kind of the leader of this group, and, I, and again, I thought I, I don't know if I've told you the story or not, but this kid just kind of, kind of, you know, gangster walks over there, kind of, kind of. Oh, please! Drag, he, he crip walked towards you. He, you know, he you know, crip I'm not gonna say that on something that the internet's gonna remember forever. But if you want to say that, more power to you. I don't care. Anywho, I don't like humanity. So you sociopath. <laughs> but anyway, he he just kind of kind of slow walks over there and stuff and. And of course, he has like three wallet chains. I mean, I'm painting the picture pretty good, right? What's wrong with wallet chains? Well, he comes over, and this was so funny to me. He comes over, and he don't pay any attention to me because I'm there in junk. I'm a nobody, you know. I'm, yeah. I'm, an, I'm in a lifted Tacoma or something. Yeah. And, and he looks right at Funk. Now, this cat was probably, Funk was like six, seven, six, eight. You're a big old dude. Larry's a big dude, but I don't think he's the six seven. He's every bit of six six. He actually played college basketball. Actually, uh, actually, I think Larry is taller than Larry. both. It's so, of it's so yeah. weird to me hearing him called Larry. Uh, but he, oh, he's a lot taller than me, dude. I'm not as tall as I used to be because of my stupid old man back. Uh, and I was at the time I was six three, or, or very 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 close to it. And he huh. towered over me, man. So let's say six six. I'd say Larry probably is six six. Anywho, so big old dude, and this cat that that just like sea walked over. Uh, Five five, you know, he, he just a, a you know normal smaller dude, and I remember he walked over and like his whole club was like the whole time like following him like little little rats to the Pied Piper, <laughs> and they're like bouncing off each other like asteroids, you know, in, in the background just right behind him, and you can almost just hear yeah yeah we're we're going to A and W after this yeah oh my and, god <laughs> so anyway he comes over and looks at that funk he goes yo, and and we're like. Hey, you know, just <laughs> what's up? He's like, man, I am the president and the CEO and the founder of, let's say, Demented Society. <laughs> so he is the founder, president, and oh, CEO. I wonder if he even knows what CEO stood for. Damn it. I wish I was wittier than I am because I would have so filled that out with something. But anyway, so he said, man, I'm, I'm the CEO, of the president, blah, 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 of Demented Society. Demented and man, society. we want you to roll with us. And roll, Funk looks, yeah, roll with us. Roll with, with, with us. With. Funk looks down at him and just goes, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> the kid didn't know what to do. And he turns around and just proceeds to see walk back to his truck. And there's a moment of just stark silence. But then the little asteroid kids behind him just start bouncing off of each other again. Wow. They're like, yeah, we're going to get him next time. Wow. <laughs> Demented society. Demented. I just painted you the picture. I wonder what Twisty Boys would look like. The same thing, but in like a 1985 MR2 with duct tape. <laughs> So we're going to try and move this back into a little bit of a positive direction because we went kind of negative, kind of dark. Kind of. And then we went to the random club name generator. Which was great. And, and then you got a, a little bit of a random story that means absolutely nothing to anybody, but I hope it brought a smile to somebody's face. I hope that whoever actually did that, your Axl Rose-looking dude to... Imagine a chubby Axl Rose. Well, he's fat, too. Yeah, he was chubby. I'm, no, I'm fat. I can call the people fat. I'm chubby, so, so it would be kind no, of... No, you're not. So anyway, moving right along, let's look at some positives. And again, we have made an unbelievably long episode one more time looking at the 2020 year in preview. Um, we've not mentioned, you know, 90% of the shows seemingly. However, ADD is a real thing. It is. It is. And I guess people don't listen to this podcast for 
journalistic integrity. I mean, uh, well, we did our part. We, we had we tried. We had an awesome interview uh, with Dr. Thomas, and we have an awesome interview with Justin White coming up. Oh uh, man, I forgot about that. That's just, great. J- Justin White is somebody that I've been lucky enough to know for a long time. He is an OG mini trucker. He is a member of Negative Camber. He is a Mighty Max expert. And he and R.J. Shelton are the co-promoters of the uh, East Tennessee Showdown show in Piney Flats, Tennessee. East Tennessee Showdown has been going on for two years now. This is his third year. And they have a pretty rad DJ there. Do they? They do. They do. He what, has, what was the well, DJ's well, name? He has, hell, I don't know. But he has absolutely no idea what he's doing. But he's uh, fun. Uh, ish. Okay. He's fun-ish. Anywho. Does he play good music? God, no. No, God, no. He's terrible. That's that's rent. Yeah, well, he, he did do some five-finger death punch last year. Well, you know, there's a lot of people out there that give them a lot of crap. Anyway, moving right along. <laughs> moving right along. You all should have seen his face. It was priceless. Yeah, I'm going to delete that part. <laughs> the beautiful thing about editing post-production is I'm the one. Can, I can remove it when I look like a fool. Okay. <laughs> East Tennessee Showdown in Piney Flats, Tennessee will be at the end of June. And this is a show that, God, the quality... I know you've not been to this one yet, but Mm-mm. the quality is insane. I'm planning to go this year. Well, they're pushing 300 plus, and it Beautiful. is held at a distillery. And I always feel like a little bit of a moron DJing a show at a distillery because, again, my lifestyle. Oh, yeah. Uh, but that being said... I have a lot of fun making fun of people when they get completely sloshed on moonshine slushies. That's an absolute that's a That's a thing? Oh, yeah, it's a thing, and they sell the hell out of them. Huh. And they, they really do. Huh. Uh, the facility is beautiful. It is a really nice place, and you're between roughly Bristol and Johnson City, so it's not like you're right in a big city. It's uh, grown a whole lot, that show has. Oh, God, it? it's grown a whole lot, um, and the quality is just absolutely out of this world. Their vendor's row is excellent to the point that they have to write me a two-page list when I get there of just what vendors to thank. It's Tell you, oh, you're the DJ. You're the DJ. <laughs> yeah, that's totally unnecessary. <laughs> so anyway, I'm also available for weddings and parties, but actually I don't do weddings. <laughs> Or parties. Yeah. Or anything involving people that pretty much aren't mini truckers. Well, if you're not into cars, you're but, not Yeah, if, if you're not into the show scene, then I'm probably not going to DJ for you. Yeah, it's tough. Although I always wanted to dress Amish when I DJed. That would be interesting. I always, if I could grow a cool beard, you know, a non-COVID-19 yeah. beard. You would have to not shave all the time. Yeah, How well. How could you do that part? No, no, like, <laughs> Facial hair just pisses me off. <laughs> I don't know what I'd do with that. My, I'd look like a two-year-old, a fat two-year-old. Anyway, so let's talk about uh, let's talk about East Tennessee Showdown for a moment. And again, this is not a show you've been to. Uh, we've already covered that the venue is amazing, but it is put on by Negative Camber. Uh, Negative Camber Tennessee is the driving force behind it. And originally, Justin White and R.J. Shelton started the show. Many people may not know this, but it started years ago as Border Town Showdown. It was actually held in Bristol. Mm. And I don't remember if it's Bristol, Tennessee, or Virginia, hence the name Border Town. Um, That's a cool name. It was a cool name. And it was a really good show. I hated to see it go, and I'm just so unbelievably happy to see that one come back over the last couple of years. You know, for every show that we've lost here recently, it seems like we have gained one or two back. Another one that we've not really talked about is Down for Dennis. Down for Dennis is a show now in Princeton, West Virginia. The show actually used to be held in Bluefield, Virginia. Uh, or I'm sorry, Bluefield, West Virginia. I always get those two places mixed up there right on the border. I have no idea. It's in the mountains, and it's absolutely an awesome area. 
And it's not very far from where we're at. It's a cool show to go make a day out of. Uh, they actually brought it back after several years of being out. Uh, the Club Extreme Lows puts it on. The main promoter behind us, a guy named Daryl Poe. Daryl is a pretty OG mini trucker him, himself and a super nice guy. Uh, we may actually make the trip up there and do a live podcast from that show. Well, that'd be sweet. Yeah, it'd be pretty cool. But anyway, that is one that has actually has come back, along with you know East Tennessee Showdown in its new incarnation, uh, Down for Dennis in a new town. But we're even getting more new shows this year later in the season. And I'm afraid with what Dr. Thomas said earlier, new shows and late season shows might be where it's at, something with a little bit more flexibility. Because well, that, that would mean that possibly the first show will be East, East Tennessee Showdown. You know, that's a possibility. It's a, it's a very sad and sobering possibility, but it's a possibility. To me, the mini truck scene, quote unquote, or let's say show season, always started with Lay It Out of the Park. Oh, always. Breaks my heart that it's gone. You know, I've not asked Jeff yet to get on here. You but should ask Jeff. Jeff, if you're listening, you should talk to Lee. Jeff, if you're listening, let's let's talk, man. Um, and unlike last time, let's not talk in uh, uh, Blake Shelton's restaurant on Broadway in Nashville because he, he actually... Cool dude. He bought me lunch last time I was there. It's a long Blake story. Blake Shelton's restaurant. Well, I mean, Blake Shelton didn't buy me lunch. Jeffrey Dillard did. But Blake Shelton's cooks cooked for you. Well, I mean, I don't think they're Blake Sheldon's personal cooks. They could be. They, they could How would be. you know for sure? Well, because I would assume that Blake <laughs> Sheldon not? likes more than just hamburgers and waffle fries, because that's pretty much all that's on the menu. <laughs> wow. Yeah, really? I, I would assume. He seems like a healthy guy. <laughs> I, I've only ever seen him on The Voice, and you shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you watch The Voice? So we're having entirely too much fun with this. No, 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 no. Do you watch The Voice? I've watched The Voice once or twice. He's lying to me. I can see I've his eyes. Only the blind audition part, because it's funny. Yeah, I bet it is. I like Kelly Clarkson. Shut up. <laughs> I knew there'd be something to it. So, so, so anyway. I'm less surprised now. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> Fake news. <laughs> What is this podcast about again? Um, what we're, we're going over about? shows, so probably the next one that's coming up after that. Well, let's say if 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 truly if the first half of the season is wiped out, uh, God, you're going to lose potentially Slam- Maggie Valley. Slamology. You're going to lose potentially Battle Alabama, oh. and then now when is Slamology? Uh, the first week of June usually. Oh God, and 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 it's like nine thousand degrees too. And I'm not a million percent sure whether or not Dan and Tara Harvey are doing their show in North Carolina again this year, uh, Friends in Low Places. I think they are, and I, it's usually around the first weekend of June as well. I love the name of that show. Oh, the show's rad. I do. I love the name of the show. Naming a show a certain name is very important to how your report goes with people. Yeah. 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 You're smirking. You're thinking of the H word, aren't you? Yeah, we're not. I'm gonna, not, we're not, not gonna, saying we're not, I, I had an R word show. Oh yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about the revival. In fact, at <clears> some <throat> point on this this podcast, maybe not this episode, yeah. but I'm going to openly beg you do it again. Oh, no, in fact, I'm going to start a petition. Oh no, don't do that. Oh, it was so much fun. Don't no, don't do that. You're just saying that because you didn't have to do anything. No, I brought a truck. 
You, oh my god Like that's the hard part I competed with Farva In your sweet tea chug <laughs> No you drank like one cup Well it was It was terrible tea It, it really was. It was I bought the cheapest Worst tasting tea I can get a hold of I, I, To this day I don't know why you did that And you know that's one thing That most people don't know about us I guess Is both of us are show promoters Former show promoters yeah. Retired well, no, I do crank it up now I mean I'm not a car show You do and, and you are president Of the Appalachian Audio Association I am. No, I'm sorry organization Organization AAO some friend I am. So if you like audio and you live in the Appalachian Mountains, you should like us on Facebook. Absolutely. And and I think there's another organization like that up in Moorhead now that seems to be getting some serious traction. Oh, uh, right? that's actually a club. Give named them a Aver- shout out. Uh, Average at Best. It's ran by A.J. Kilgore. Did they get that from our club name generator? Uh, man, honest to God, whenever I first met the guys, I didn't think they had a club name. And then they was like, we're Average at Best. I was like, Okay. Oh, that's that's actually that's, pretty rad. That's, that's that's great. You know, the Moorhead area is something we're going to get back to at some point. Because that, at one point, that had a big scene in it. At one point, it had a big scene and some of the most legendary names in our scene. Casey Harden, for example. Oh, that's true. Is Me from is there. Uh, my good buddy Joey Brewer is from there. And there's some serious mini-trucking history. And, and we, I'd love to get one of those guys on just to tell some old stories at some point. No, that'd be great. You know, they're local. So I'm going to quit name dropping because I realized for the last couple of minutes that's exactly what I've done is I sound just like a douche name dropper. <laughs> and, and I don't want to be like that. I totally don't want to be like that. That's not the purpose of this. Well, let's let's go ahead and just go on to the next show. Let's uh, go on to the next show. It would be uh, Revolution, right? Absolutely. Revolution is the last weekend in August. I believe that's August 26th, and that is held in Middlesboro, Kentucky. A uh, guy named Steve Tiller is putting on Revolution. Steve Tiller is an interesting character himself. In the mid to late 2000s, he was the president of a club called Insane Customs in Middlesboro, and it was a it was a one chapter club, but they had like 60 members in Bell County. Holy Harlan. shit! It was massive in Bell County and Harlan counties, and and, and that's mini right. trucks mostly. Now, 60. At the time, you had a lot of sport compacts and stuff in it as well, but yeah, they had 60 I'm members. the various stage. Yeah, but some of them were actually pretty decent. Uh, and, I like the uh, Fast and Furious stage stuff. I, really well, did. I, you know, I grew up during that time. I skipped my senior prom to go to the first ever import and lowrider nationals in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. That's a beautiful thing. Which is the show that become Nopi and become merged with the Southeast Mini Nats to become the Nopi Southeastern Mini Truck Nationals that Charlie Cobble ran. Which, of course, grew and changed and evolved into what we now see in Maggie Valley. But again, that's, huh. a, that's a history lesson for another day. It's I a could, big history lesson, too. Yeah, yeah we, we that, when we bring Shannon on, when Shannon Bullis ever graces us with his presence, we will uh, uh, that ask means about it. No spiders. Um, no, no, if arachnophobia doesn't bite off his leg again, <laughs> right? which again is something I'll throw up in his face, but we got to wait till he gets here in person. <laughs> okay, so anyway. You know, I just realized Fatty is going to be really pissed at us. Why? Because at this point, this podcast is right at an hour, and this is only the second part of a three-part series, because there's no way we can do Justin Wyatt any justice by bringing him on. Oh, that's true. You yeah. know, we're going to devote an entire portion of this to Justin to talk about the show and to tell some old stories. But the, when we started this, I promised Fatty that we would never be over workout length. We're at an hour. Well, I mean, like if you do cardio on top of your normal workout. And he does. He does cardio, and I don't know what that's like. I hear that's great. I'll never you, do it. You probably should do that. I should probably do legs, too. You don't do legs? Well, I mean, like, I thought you were squatting. Well, I'm, I'm trying. You know, uh, not a lot. Uh, well, I mean... Okay, moving, moving right along. Moving right along. Let's talk about Revolution. Revolution, again, we already said where it's at. Um... 
It is a great town. Middlesboro, Kentucky is a rad town because it's right in the corner of Virginia, Tennessee, and it, Kentucky. Was it the uh, Middlesboro, the town that was inside of a crater? Middlesboro's inside of a crater, yeah, and that's a really cool geographical aspect of it. And Middlesboro also has two state parks and a national park right there. Uh, they have some great hotels. They have a four-lane strip that goes for two miles. Got a ton of restaurants. And the thing I like about it the most, it's the largest dry city in Kentucky. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. I, th- I think they're changing that. I think the restaurants can now sell. So. Well, there's money involved. This goes back to what we normally go over is the fact that everything is ran by money. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, anywho, so this show, Steve has actually taken promotion to a different level than anybody that I've had the opportunity to work with. It's funny. I've known him for a very long time, but out of the blue, I get a message in the middle of the night and ask about my DJ services and my planning services. And I recognize the name, but he didn't recognize mine. I'm like, dude, you know, we knew each other for a long time. I'm the guy that used to put on the H word. And he said, oh, man, I didn't realize it was you, blah, blah, blah. We started talking. And, man, he had some great ideals. In fact, of all the clients I've had, he's asked some of the best questions. His questions haven't been stupid. He's asked questions like, you know, what is the best way to promote? Um, should I do this as far as advertising? Who do I need to go with? And blah, 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 blah. What can I do for this? What can I do for that? What do you think of this site? He's constantly bounced ideals off of me. And while I have no part in the show other than just, you know, I've advised him just a touch uh, at his request, man, he's run with it. And he started promoting late last year. In fact, he was actually at the Peace Together show in Hazard, Kentucky in October that and he had a booth set up even way before he had flyers just to get his name out just to get the word out and he's really done a great job i know there's some location issues there i believe that his his uh uh the planned impact is going to be a little bit larger than what he expected so he's looking into other options right now so i think right now he's trying to find a better location than what he had but that is a show that geographically with the town support and supposedly the town of middlesbrough is completely behind him uh, he has some great sponsors. He has some great ideals. I think that one is poised to be maybe the next great Kentucky show. Well, that's something that uh, we've really needed as a great Kentucky show because most of the shows are in other states now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I yeah. mean, I don't, I don't know of really any large ones in Kentucky for minis. For minis, I don't. You know, it, it's barely within our driving range thing, but actually, unless I cancel it because it is that first half of the season – May 23rd or 24th, I'm not even mentioned this to you yet, whatever uh, that Saturday is, they're doing the Fast and Furious Festival <gasps> in Madisonville, Kentucky at a old hardware store called The Hardware Store. Wow. And wow. That's a good name. It's nothing but minis and compacts. Really? It, it's, it's went on for a couple years now. I didn't know about it until very recently. They have the whole movie thing. They have some extras there. I think Hector from the first Fast and Furious is going to be there to sign autographs and take pictures, you know, with uh, Dominion Society members <laughs> and Twisty Boys. <laughs> Twisty yeah. Boys. Twisty Boys. What was the first one? Silly Crowd? Was that it tonight? Silly yeah, Crowd? Silly. I, I don't even I, I don't even know. Because <laughs> Dominion Society totally took them over they in my did. mind. It they did. They've already Twisty. absorbed them. But anyway, uh, you know, a lot of those guys will be there. But there's going to be some quality stuff there, too. There's going to be some movie cars, some movie extras. I'm actually going to go out to that if it goes on. But as far as anything else going to the modern custom scene in Kentucky, I can't really think of anything. You've got Peace Together and Hazard, and that's primarily mini trucks. Uh, But it isn't big, but it is growing. And I think that, you know, 
Uh, once they get a few things straight this year, I think it has a chance to be very, very nice. But Revolution should be a home run. In fact, the artwork coming from Graphic Disorder is getting ready to come out at any point. And I know what it is, and I can't say. But it's hmm. going to legitimize that show in everyone's eyes, I think, when it comes out. And it's going to be pretty rad. You'll like it. It's, well, got, a, it's got a Ranger on it. Oh, that, that makes it automatically a win. One of the few Rangers that I like. So All Rangers are to be liked. Chris Wilson will take up for me. He knows it's Chris true Wilson. Will, yeah, Chris Wilson will take up for so you. So will Shannon so. Bullis. Yeah, I know. I know those guys. Yeah. Look, look at you name dropping now. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm being uh, Lee right now. We're changing places. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. And after that, you know, my favorite show of the year in the mountains comes up. That's slammed enough. Oh and man, I wish I could go last year. I have begged you for years to go. Slammed enough is a ninety nine point nine percent sport compact slash stance show and for the last couple of years it was held inside in the Gatlinburg Convention Center and it was usually like late September early October which I thought was just awesome because regardless of the weather it was 500 of the highest quality of that scene that you could find they come from all over the country to get there and they would come there on a Tuesday I went down like on a Tuesday or Wednesday last year and there was people that beat me, and it was awesome. So don't they cycle through the vehicles every oh, single day? Yeah, I'm glad you said that. Uh, they actually do on Saturday and Sunday. They only allow 250 vehicles, and then the opposite day is a complete different 250. The, but no, they cycle through the 250 vehicles on each day, so you've got 500 top quality. But see, this year, they're moving it a little bit earlier. It is Labor Day weekend, September 5th. Which is kind of odd. It really is. That's an odd weekend to go to a tourist town. I wonder why they moved it. Well, they moved it to the Sevier County Convention Center, which oh. is much closer to the interstate. And Gatlinburg is just so choked off now. It's just so unbelievably congested. Uh, it's to, only going to get worse, too. And to find trailer parking and stuff like that was let's, almost let's impossible. Let's be honest. Shows in big cities are about impossible to do. Yeah, I remember you know Havoc in Louisville many years ago. Uh, it was just so hard. You know, I'm a hillbilly, so it was hard for me to get around anyway. Mm-hmm. But trying to maneuver a bag truck in a town that you knew nothing about, it was a it was a lot of work, man. Of course, back then I was in my early twenties, and man, well, I was still pretty dumb. So anyway, so you saying that you ran up on a curve really bad <laughs> multiple times and went down one lane road by accident. Yeah, well that happens. That it happens. does, honest to God. Yeah. We've all been there. A lot of homeless people ask me for money. <laughs> That's scary. Yeah, that was it was a fun times at the Silbach Hilton. It was fun times. <laughs> um, but anywho, back to whatever the world we were talking about. Slammed enough now they cycle through the vehicles. Yeah, so slammed enough, cycle through their vehicles and the quality is awesome. Last year there was a bagged Ferrari three forty eight there. Mm-hmm. That was just absolutely gorgeous and uh, if you want to see something a little bit different, I mean, that's the show to go to. And now that they're, now that they're moving to the convention center uh, in Sevier County, I think that they're going to be able to allow a lot more vehicles. I don't, I don't know anything about their limits yet, but now they have the ability to do outdoor as well, whereas in Gatlinburg, they didn't. I do love an indoor show. Indoor show's great. There's no worry about it getting rained on. As I got older, it's nice to go in an air conditioning. It really is. I mean, when I was young, air conditioning didn't matter, but now I love it. Oh, my God. The truck of many colors has no air conditioning. If I don't do anything else to it this year, (laughs) I'm putting in vintage air. Oh, I can't blame you. Yeah, yeah. Air conditioning is just off the charts good. I so miss it. I I so miss it. Moving right along. Slam Enough is a cool show that may not appeal to everybody here, but it is definitely worth a Google. It's it's worth checking out. I mean, it's in in Sevier County, Tennessee. So, hell, even if you go down there and you hate the show, 
Go ride go-karts. Go go touch Dolly Parton's dress in a museum or, or whatever whatever the <laughs> oh hell it is God. that people do down there. <laughs> yeah. So this episode went completely off the rails. Way, way more than we've dealt with in the past. Right. I mean, we've probably pissed a lot of people off in this one. Oh, we did. Well, we did. And, and you know, again, all of your hate mail goes to Shay Mullins. I'm oh. sure you can find him on Facebook under Absolutely. his personal account or the Appalachian Audio Organization. Yeah, you can make sure to send me all the hate mail you want. I love it. I don't really do Facebook, but I'm pretty easy to find. Uh, occasionally, if you go to the LCD Podcast Facebook page, I'll read the messages there. I guess Shay can read the messages there, too. And uh, Instagram also. Oh, uh, yeah. We both have Instagram accounts. I don't use mine a whole lot, but you can find me at the at sign, APP Car Shows. That's at App Car Shows. Uh, Shay, what's your uh, Instagram tag? At king.of.loud. Yeah, you narcissist. I'm, man, I'll help the king. Yeah, you know, if we ever get around to talking about builds, we'll definitely oh, no, dis- no, 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 we'll no. definitely discuss the build of your truck no, and the forty-eight million subwoofers you put in it. <laughs> of course, that's not really the direction of the podcast. No, we try. Not really, we, but we I can try. Much money I spent on it. Well, it's funny that you say that because we kind of provide a socio-economic look at the scene, quote unquote, and some some things that affect it. You know, we're totally out of time today. We're way past our limit. Uh, we have knocked poor Justin White out of speaking on this part. And after listening to this part, he might not want to speak to us at all. He might not because we've offended so many I people. I don't today. want to be associated with those guys. And they call themselves mini truckers. I think he said at the start that he loved cults. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. About, th- about that. So, anyway, uh, once again, we are available on a bunch of platforms now. Uh, we're on Spotify. We're on Google uh, Podcast Play, whatever the hell that's called. Uh, we're actually in six or seven different platforms. So, if you want to catch up with us, find the LCD podcast wherever you get your podcast at. We are not on iHeart or Apple Play yet. But we'll I believe, be there. I believe we will be there. Um, gosh, I think. Remember, we if you all want to see us live and do video shows, you're going to have to subscribe on YouTube, though. Yeah, absolutely. The I YouTube mean, channel, we do put the podcast up on YouTube. That's actually the first place we put them. And we're going to start offering some behind-the-scenes content. In fact, although a lot of people may not enjoy this, my intention is when it comes to election, primary election night, whenever that may be, I believe the governor's <laughs> moved it, but whenever that is... We're going to go set up somewhere and do a quote-unquote political episode. Basically, we're going to walk around and ask stupid-ass questions that and have, be jackasses. That have absolute... Well, let's not say we're going to be jackasses. I'm we're going to be. We're going to, we're going to be. We're going to show journalistic integrity. Oh, and, are we? And 11% Sir, post-production mini-trucker well, content. How do you like your bologna sandwich? How do you like... So who did you vote for today? What race is that? Where are we? <laughs> Who's running in this? What is it? Is what, there is a, it, what does it mean to run? Is there a Dairy Queen around here? <laughs> I'm hungry. You want to yeah. go to lunch? Well, see, we are going to bring our political correspondent, oh, uh, yes. Seth Nolan, on oh, for that. Yes. Who Dark actually Lord. really does understand such things. Hey, the well, Sith Lord of the Sweater Vest. <laughs> Best name ever. The purveyor of the leather <laughs> elbow pads. He knows a lot about car shows, too. He knows a lot about politics. <laughs> he does, though. <laughs> and, you know, there'll be some podcasts that we do that people may not be interested in. You know, like today, us get the chance to talk to Dr. Byron Thomas, but in all sincerity, we're going to actually talk about things that really matter. Yes. In, in the scene, we're going to talk about the most important things. Like what keeps it going? Yeah, absolutely. And, and what we had to look forward to. Yes. And that, you all should always look forward to us because we're great. 
Well, I won't go that far, but for my co-host, uh, LMC, or that, hey, guess what? I'm not the co-host. I'm, oh, well, I, are we both co-hosts? Buddy, I don't care. I think I just, I think I just want a little fourth person or second person. Okay, let me try you, this one more time. You can call yourself a co-host if you want to. I'm not pointing any fingers. Yeah. So for my co-host, Shay Mullins, I'm LMC. This has been part two of the three-part episode, the first episode of the year 2020 preview for the lowest common denominator podcast. Dominant Society. Twisty boys. Twisty boys. <laughs> <laughs> and remember, everybody stop buying all the toilet paper. It's very important that you all stop buying toilet paper. Well, you know, they probably need some. Okay, some, but it's not going to help you in the zombie apocalypse. You're not going to turn into a toilet paper zombie for me to shoot at. <sighs> we'll, we'll, we'll see you guys in a week. Thanks for listening to the LCD podcast. I reckon it looks like you've done wasted half an hour or more listening to the voice of the lowlife. <laughs> You're still in the spirit. Don't fret. Them boys will be back out of their hollers in just a week or two with the next part of this fine episode. Thank you for listening to the Lowest Common Denominator podcast with your hosts, Lee and Shay. See y'all next time. <laughs>